Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to come together and gather in your name. Please place your words in our hearts and help them to guide our way. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's reading comes from the Exodus chapter 33, verses 17 through 23. And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken, I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock, and while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cliff on the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. The words of God for the people of God. So we are in the middle of a sermon series, so you want to go back to Egypt. And there are still devotionals back in the back, written by members of this church who are still here, and maybe some of them had gone, have gone on, but it's a really great resource as you go through Lent. <clears throat> we are looking at the stories of the 40 years in the wilderness, the, the, the stories of the journeying through the wilderness and the goodness of God and how it relates to us during this Lent season. In the story leading up to this scripture, it's long and there's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of stuff I could preach on today. Actually, I could probably do a whole sermon series on just this. We won't do that today. We're going to stick to one point. And so as I was praying through and discerning what message we needed to hear today, a theme started to arise. And so let me kind of share with you this story. Let's go back a little bit and look at the context of where Moses was as he was looking at the goodness of God and how that affects us today. The context of this story begins when Moses goes up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments on tables of stone written by God's own hand. And for whatever reason, Moses was up on that mountain for a very long time. The Bible doesn't say, but we do know that the, the children of Israel, the Hebrew people, became nervous. They became concerned. They became worried. Our leader has abandoned us. But when you really think about it, I mean, 
we talk about mountaintop experiences ourselves, don't we? How many of you have had a mountaintop experience where you've experienced God? Okay. I think we all have at some point. Maybe some of you are afraid of raising your hand, and that's okay. We all have experienced God at some point or another. Maybe it's a scripture we read. Maybe it's our time in prayer. Maybe it's a sermon that we're here, or we hear preached. But something is triggered. For me, I do, I do chapel once a week with the preschool kids. Um, and I'm standing right there, and I'm playing the guitar, and they know these songs by heart, and boy, they sing from their heart. They are loud, and they're joyful, and they're bubbly, and they're wiggly, and I feel like in that space, I'm in the presence of God. We talked about earlier that the kingdom of God, unless we become like little children, we shall never enter into God's kingdom. And so I find myself feeling like I'm on holy ground, and even when they leave, their laughter echoes in my soul, and I stand there, and I don't want to leave. And maybe that's what was happening with Moses. He didn't want to leave God's presence. Whatever the case may be, he was up on this mountain for a very long time, and the Hebrew people began to grow restless. Moses, our leader, has abandoned us. So they went to the second in command, Aaron, Moses' brother, and they said, man, we need some kind of assurance. We need to know that God is still with us. Make us, we want to see God. Make us an image that we can see, that we can worship, that we know that God is still in our presence. And it made sense to Aaron, and I'm going to tell you why, and this is going to make you king of Bible trivia if ever you play this with, uh, with family or friends, this Bible trivia. Aaron made a cast of a calf. He asked everybody to bring their gold, and he poured the gold, melted gold into this cast and created this golden calf. Here's the trivia thing that you may or may not know. I remembered hearing this in seminary, and I, I checked the commentaries. I know this to be true. The calf is representative of the name of God, too holy to be pronounced, Y-H-W-H, the Tetragrammaton. So it wasn't just a random idol that Aaron was creating. It was understood that that was representative of Y-H-W-H, the name of God, too holy to be pronounced. Now, let me ask you a question. So that's the trivia part, but let me ask you a question. If God has a name that's too holy to be pronounced, why would you make an image of it? Anyway, that's not really where this sermon's going today. They wanted to see God. That's the point. They went about it the wrong way, but they wanted to see God. And there's a lot of stuff that's happening in between all this stuff. And Moses comes down from the mountain. He's got these Ten Commandments. And he looks at these people who are dancing around and worshiping this graven image. And that I, I know I mentioned this in a sermon before. Moses had a temper. And he, the Bible says that he became enraged. And he took the Ten Commandments and he smashed them on the ground. 
the tables of stone that God had wrote in the commandments on, smashed them on the ground. He was so enraged. What is going on here? Moses asks Aaron. And I, I think that Aaron's response has some humor to it. When you read it word for word, Aaron says, well, you know, um, all these people that gave me their gold, and I threw it in the fire, and poof, here comes this calf. That's literally what he says. <laughs> Out comes this calf. I don't know. Fast forward a chapter. With this understanding that the Hebrew people wanted to see God. They were in this place where they felt that they weren't feeling God. They, they didn't know where their leader had gone. They wanted to see God. So fast forward a chapter and we see Moses. What, what was our reading today? Moses is interceding on behalf of the Hebrew people, begging God to forgive them for their infraction. And then Moses does something interesting. He asks God for the same thing. Hey, um, God, you know, I'd kind of like to see you too. I mean, it, if, 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 it's, if it's not too much trouble, I, I, I want to see you. Can, can you do that for me? And in the Dave, Pastor Dave translation of the Bible, it says, and God said, that's going to kill you. Your sin, your sinful nature, you cannot see me in your sinful nature. It'll kill you. But what we read in today's scripture is this. God said to Moses, here's the deal. I will allow my goodness to pass before you, but my face you shall not see. Hmm. So this is the theme that started to emerge for me. And you can take this many different ways, and, and, and you're going to, you know me, I don't reach for low-hanging fruit. I'm going to look for deeper meanings in, in Scripture. So this is what came out for me. We live in a broken and hurting world. There are people outside of these walls. There are people inside these walls who need to see God. They're going through hell on earth. Their life is falling apart. And they're asking the question, where are you, God? We want to see you. And you know what God does? God says, I will allow my goodness to pass before you. I will allow my church to pass before you. Who's the church? We're the church. I will allow my church to pass before you. We see God in each other. We are, as, as Christ followers, it is a directive for us to show the love of God with whoever we come in contact with. Because that may be the only time they see or experience God. 
Are you following me? We come to church to share God with each other. It happens here in this church community. We come to church sometimes. We feel broken. We feel like God is, has left us and, and that everything is falling apart. We come here to experience God's presence from each other. <coughs> Excuse me. The challenge I have for you is this. What are we doing? What are we doing as the hands and feet of God? What are we doing to exemplify those sermons and shoes so that other people can see God? Look around you. Who's missing? Give them a call. Look around you. Who's there? Maybe you invite them to dinner. You know, it, it doesn't have to be fancy. Hey, come over to my house for sandwiches. I, I don't, you know, I, I just realized I've been coming to church here for a while. I really don't, I know you, but I don't know you. Come, let's spend some time together. Are we taking the commission seriously? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have taught you. What did Jesus teach? What have I taught from this pulpit from the day one that I got here? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the greatest commandment according to this book here. Upon that, all the law and all the testimonies hang. God's goodness is demonstrated here at this table. It was an act of love that brought Jesus from heaven to come to this earth. His goal, his mission was laser focused to show us the love of the Father. This cross, his death on the cross, was how far God was willing to take that love to show us how much he really loves us. This table is open because God's love and God's grace and God's mercy is open for all. And so, on this day, we remember... We remember the last meal that Jesus had with his disciples before he went to the cross. And as he's sitting there with his disciples, one would betray him, one would deny him. Everybody else would run away except John. And he knew it. And he still took the bread. And he blessed it. And he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body broken because I love you. And likewise, after the meal, he took the cup. And having poured the juice into the cup, he says, 
This is my new covenant. This is my blood shed for you because I love you. And Jesus says, for as often as you eat this bread and you drink this wine, you remember me until I come again. You remember my death. Let's pray. Loving God, your love for us is unfathomable. It's hard for us to wrap our heads around it. And yet here you are. You are represented here on this table. Through the symbols here, we remember, uh, we remember your love. And God, sometimes we, we treat your love as a commodity, as something that can be used up. And, and sometimes we fall into this trap of certain people deserve our love and certain people don't, and God forgive us for doing that. Fill our hearts with your love and your grace and your mercy. May we remember to love you with all of our heart, mind, and soul and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.